John chapter 3, verse 7, 14, and verse 30. John chapter 3, verse 7, 14, and verse 30. Fourteen. Thirty. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning we are going to talk about the three imperatives that are given in John chapter 3. The three must. Verse 7, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Verse 14, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Verse 30, he must become greater, I must become less. In other words, he must increase, I must decrease. Praise the Lord. Amen. So these are the three imperatives that we see in John chapter 3. Apostle John recording the words of Jesus. The first two are the words of Jesus. The last one is the words of John the Baptist. Jesus is talking, having a conversation with Nicodemus. And in this conversation, Christ tells him, don't be surprised, don't marvel at the fact what I'm saying, you must be born again. It is said that an average person a day makes at least around a thousand decisions. All of them are not major decisions. Some are very trivial. Every one of them are not consequential. Some are so automatic that we don't even think about it. It's just natural and spontaneous decisions that we make in our lives. Some are just simply repetition of what we do every day. But we do make decisions in our lives. Decisions are, have the potential to make us or to break us. Decisions can define the quality of our lives. Decisions can also determine our destiny. Decisions can determine our destination in life. Praise the Lord. Decision, some decisions impact our personal lives, our families, our communities, and some decisions, they impact our eternity. Jesus, in his discourse with Nicodemus, he was talking about a decision that would impact the eternity, not only of Nicodemus, 
but every mankind. And so to Nicodemus, he says, do not be surprised, do not marvel at the fact, I say to you, you must be born again. Don't your neighbor tell your neighbor, you must be born again. Did you hear the response of your neighbor? Did you hear the response of the neighbor? Yeah, some said that I am born again because they're sure about it. Some are scratching their head and saying, what in the world does that mean? The Bible says, Nicodemus, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Not because Nicodemus was afraid, but Nicodemus wanted as a religious man, as a man was a member of the Sanhedrin, he wanted uninterrupted time with Jesus. Before we even dive into this, I want to ask you, as a child of God, as a follower of Jesus, or as a seeker of Jesus, do we have uninterrupted time with Jesus? We, our lives are all scheduled. Almost all of our lives are scheduled. Some go through life very in a scheduled manner. Some can keep the schedule because that's how their life is. But do, within this busy schedule that we have, let me ask you, do you have a schedule, an appointment with Jesus every day? Praise the Lord. Do you have a time slot separated for to have a conversation with Jesus? Do you spend quality time with Jesus? Do you have a place reserved where you go and just simply hang around Jesus? Do you take time to hang out with Jesus? Do you take time to hear Jesus? Do you take time to speak to Jesus? If you don't take time to hear from Jesus, if you don't take time to speak to Jesus, you and I cannot speak about Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know, we have to take time out of a busy schedule to speak to Jesus. I know some of us are very spiritually mature. You might be thinking, well, we don't need to take time with Jesus. We are living with Jesus. We are carriers of the presence of Jesus. It's true. If this is too shallow for you, it's not for you. That's all there is to it. Okay, But we should not miss the gist of what we are trying to say. That we have to take time to be with Jesus. Praise God. There is an old hymn that goes like this. Take time to be holy. Praise the Lord. Take time to be holy. Praise God. You become like the person that you hang around with. If you hang around with Jesus, eventually you would become like him. Do you know what those people, when they were ready to crucify Jesus, said about the disciples? This guy was, we know he was with Jesus. How did they know this? 
They said what? Huh? The way he talks. In other words, when you are moving with Jesus, it even impacts your conversation. It touches your vocabulary. It touches, it influences the way that you think. It influences your thought patterns. It influences the way that we speak and interact. And people will know that we've been hanging around with Jesus. Who are we hanging around with? Well, this man sneaked in. He sat with Jesus an uninterrupted time with Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. And look how Jesus grabs the attention of the man. Christ knows how to grab each and every one of our attention. See, every one of us are different. Different in the sense that there is, our backgrounds are different. Our bringing up is different. Our environment is different. Some of us, our culture is different. But there is no person that Jesus cannot connect with. Praise God. Christ can connect with everyone. He can connect with the saint. He can connect with the sinner. He can connect with the religious fanatics. He can connect with the religious devout people. He can connect with everyone. He can connect with the educated. He can connect with the uneducated. He can connect with the sophisticated. And he can connect with people who are just average, normal people. So Jesus grabs the attention of Nicodemus, who comes to Jesus, wanted an uninterrupted time with Jesus. Jesus talks to him about being born again. See, Nicodemus was an elderly man. And to grab his attention, Jesus tells him, an elderly man, you must be born again. Nicodemus says, what are you talking about? Can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? Got you. To the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who came to draw water, Jesus connects her with her by saying, listen, you are drawing water that's going to make you thirsty again. But I have a water that you don't know about. If you have that water, it will satisfy your thirst. This morning as you're seated in the presence of God, God knows what you are thirsty about. And God knows the desires of your heart. God knows the pain that you go through in your life. God knows the void in your life. God knows the hollowness in your heart. And he's able this morning to fill you with the very thing that will satisfy the, 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 the thirst, the, the thirst of your soul. To the fisherman, he said, listen, I'm going to change your trade. You are known as fishermen, but I will make you fishers of men. Praise God. Let me ask you this morning, my friend. Christ wants to connect with you. And he wants to touch you at the very core of your need. And when he's speaking into your lives, our ears have to be open and sensitive so that we don't miss what he has to say to Nicodemus he says Nicodemus marvel not 
you must be born again. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, Jesus is not giving him, telling him, I'll tell you the secret of making your life better, productive, successful. That's what a lot of people want to know. But Jesus is saying, I want to tell you about a new life, the life that the Spirit of God can birth into you. Praise God. A life that would allow you to become the citizen of the kingdom of God. A life that is new life, new lease to life, new opening in life, new birth. Praise God. That will make you, that will make you inheritor of life eternal. The very life of God. So many times we are satisfied with the material things of the world. Things which are temporal in nature. But Jesus wants to speak into your life and my life things that really matter. Things that are eternal in nature. Praise God. Hallelujah. Human beings have, all of us have experienced the natural birth. But Jesus is talking about being born again. Praise God. Yes. What is this being born again? Born once? That we're talking about born physically. Born twice or the born again experience is Jesus is talking about a spiritual rebirth. Jesus is not talking about a reformation, but he's talking about a regeneration in our lives. Praise God. Jesus is talking about a spiritual birth. In other words. A birth from above. Praise God. A birth from above. Praise God. Just as, just as there are two parents. For our natural birth. There are two entities that work in our life. The spirit of God. And the word of God. When we believe. Jesus, the words of Jesus, it imparts the life of God deep down within us. And you're born into the kingdom of God. But Nicodemus had some issues. You know, there are people in this world who can't grasp the truth because, simply because they are not there, sometimes they feel that it's too deep for them. And then there are people who can't just grasp because, they don't want to grasp. But in Nicodemus' case, it can be either one of them because Nicodemus was a man who was well-versed in the scripture. And because he was well-versed in the scripture, he was exposed to the words of the prophet that said, that talked about a new heart and a new spirit. But the challenge that Nicodemus is claiming here is, listen, how is it possible that a person can be born again? In other words, he's saying, would you articulate how it happens? Won't we ask? There's nothing wrong in asking. There is nothing wrong in seeking. There is nothing wrong in Diving into the scriptures to find the truth and God expects us to do so. The question Nicodemus is asking, how is it possible? You know, I understand that the new birth, but how is it possible? Praise God. 
I don't understand how it works. So Jesus, as a very patient teacher, what do you think he does? What do you think he does? Huh? Patience. Patiently is teaching. Perhaps perched up on the roof. I don't know. Maybe sitting outside. Experiencing at night the gentle breeze. Jesus picks on something that he is used to. He says, listen, do you feel the breeze? Do you feel the wind that's blowing? Just like you don't know where it's coming from and where it's going, but at the same time, you experience the effect of the wind. Likewise, praise God. You know, Jesus is helping him to understand, coming down and helping him to understand, using what's around him to impart a spiritual truth to Nicodemus. It's interesting that the Greek word for spirit and wind is pneuma. And the Hebrew term for spirit and wind is ruha. And he's saying, listen, you see the wind blowing. You see, you feel the wind blowing. You can't see it, but you can see the effect of the wind. Look around. You see the shrubs moving. You see the leaves moving. You see the trees at times being uprooted. It tells you that the wind is blowing. Just like that, when the Spirit of God does a work in us, the effect of the work of the Spirit of God and the Word of God is undeniable. Praise God. When a person receives the Word of God and the Holy Spirit works in them and did, the, the new birth takes place in that person, the change, the transformation, the effect, the impact that makes in their lives is so immense that you cannot hide it. Let me ask you. This morning, your neighbor asked you, are you born again? Maybe you responded, maybe you did not. But I tell you, if we are, it has impacted our life and our lifestyle. Praise God. I can't be born again and not be changed. I cannot be born again and not be transformed. Praise God. A man got saved and he went back to work and people found that he became a Christian. And they started making fun of him saying, hey, <laughs> you believe all those old wives' tales? Man didn't say anything. You mean you actually believe that story that says Jesus turned water into wine? The man realized that they were mocking him and ridiculing him and he said, well, you know, I'm not aware what Jesus, what all Jesus did in Palestine when he was there. But I'll tell you something. In my house, he turned my booze into furniture. Did you get that? 
In my house, he turned my booze into furniture. In other words, there was such a dramatic change in this man that he gave up his lifestyle of being getting drunk and he became a person who was sober that the things that he used to put his wealth into now transform and it became well-being for his family. That's what happens when Jesus comes into our lives. When Christ comes into our lives, there are evidence in our life of the change and transformation that takes place in our life. Jesus is real. And the change that he brings in is real. And the change that he brings affects and impacts our spirit, our soul, and our body. Every realms of our lives are touched by the touch of Jesus. That's why Paul could say, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become that's why Paul writing to Romans says, now you walk in the newness of life. There is a change. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you are born again, when you are born into the kingdom of God, Praise God. You come under the domain of the king of king. And now what directs you, what governs you is a higher law. Praise God. A higher truth. The grace of God that gives you life deep down within you. That changes everything about you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, quite often we want to dissect everything. And if you can dissect, do so. The psalmist says, open my eyes so that I may see the wondrous things in your law. Pray to Lord, Lord, open my eyes so that I can dive deep and grab some pearls that are in the depth of the ocean of God's word. That's fine. But don't get stuck with intricate details that you don't want to allow Christ to change and transform your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, we can go through the motion of sitting through Sunday school. We can go through the motion of sitting through a small groups. We can go through the motion of sitting through a, a sermon. We can go through the motion of sitting through a teaching could easily discuss the intellectual truth of Christianity, but yet not experience the power of Christ in our life. That's why Paul said, the message of cross is foolishness to them that perish, but to us who believe it is the power of God unto salvation. Experiencing the power of God that transforms us, that changes us, that allows us to become like him. Praise God. Oh, Jesus says, marvel not. I say unto you, you must be born again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, it's not a matter of discussion or a debate. It's a matter of experience. How we experience 
the power of the message of cross. After professing to be a Christian, how we move from a professing Christian to a practicing Christian. How much of our life is impacted by Christ and his teaching is absolutely important. After all, Jesus came to give us new life, a new spirit, a new heart. Praise God. A new outlook, a new perspective, a new attitude, a higher altitude. Praise God. A new association, a new ambition, a new aspiration, a new appetite. Everything about us has to change. Praise God. Hallelujah. Two court jesters were working for a king and they got into a dispute before the king. One asked, the dispute was this, whether a man could be made a gentleman or does he have to be born one? Can a man, can a man be made a gentleman or does one have to be born as a gentleman? One of the court jesters argued that a man can be made a gentleman. The other one argued that he needs to be born as, as one. Praise God. Finally, the king got frustrated and told him, listen, why don't you guys go out? Here, take some money from my coffers. Go find the answer. When you have the answer, come back. The first jester who believed that a man can be uh, <laughs> trained to be a gentleman went out, and as he was traveling, he passed through an inn, and he went through an inn, and he ordered a hot chocolate. What did he order? Hot chocolate. And to his surprise, he saw the hot chocolate coming to him. But the surprise was this. Instead of a waiter, it was a cat that was dressed like a waiter with a tray in the paw and a hot chocolate on the tray. And it was served to him. The man looked and said, Whoa! Unbelievable! If a cat can be turned into be a person who's like a gentleman, as like a waiter, then I believe that a man can be turned into a gentleman. Looked at the innkeeper and said, Listen, I want to buy that, purchase that cat. The man said, No problem, that's a thousand dollars. He says, No issue, I'll grab it. Took it, put it in a little kitten cage and started the journey back to the king. The other fellow somehow heard it, got a wind of it, that this guy had got a cat that can work like a waiter. All right, so he was like dejected. He realized that that's it. It's over. It's lost. He decided as he was coming back, he saw something in a window, a shop window, and he decided to purchase that, put it in a box. They both came to the king. Pretty soon... The king asked, have you found the answer? The first jester said, yes, I have. And he said, king, I have a hot chocolate ready for you. The king said, okay, if it's part of the answer, serve it. Boom, here comes the cat, dressed like a waiter, with a tray in its paw and a hot chocolate on the tray. As he's coming, the other jester, what he does is he opens his box and releases 12 mice into the floor. The mice are scrambling over, all over the floor. The cat looks at the mice and does what? Throws the hot chocolate and started running right behind the mice. 
What do you think? Said King. The fellow released the mice, said the king, a person cannot be turned into a gentleman. A person has to be born to be a gentleman. In the heat of the moment, when the mouse started running through the floor, it caught the attention of the cat and took him to the baser instincts of life. Unless a person is born again, all the outward adornment or the facade that we put on is temporal in nature. At the moment, the base instinct is appealed. He will forget who he is. Therefore, the Bible says a person must be born again. Praise the Lord. It's true that I can wear a jacket and dress well and come to church. It's true that I could perhaps sing in the choir. It is true that I could perhaps preach a good sermon. Perhaps I can play instruments well. Perhaps take part in the communion and go through the motion. But sooner or later, a mouse will run across your path and your real nature will suddenly dominate you unless you are born again. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus went on to say, it's not about reformation, but a regeneration has to take place in our lives. A total transformation. It is possible. It is possible by the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of the incorruptible seed, the Word of God. That's why Peter writing saying that we are become partakers of the divine nature of Christ. If you are born of God, if you are born from above, if it's the word of God that has given us a new lease to life, we become partakers of the divine nature of Christ. Does that mean we live in absolute perfection? No. Praise God. God has made the provision for us so that we can become as perfect as a father in heaven is perfect. Even when there are slips and falls and falterings in our lives, he is able to sustain you and carry you in his hands. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. In this walk, you are not alone. He knows that you and I, by our strength, cannot pull it by ourselves. He has given us the comforter, the paracletos, the, 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 the helper, the aid, the counselor to be with us. He, when the spirit of truth shall come, he shall lead you into all the truth. He will not speak of himself. He will speak of what he hears the Father speak. He will speak of what he hears in the throne room of God. This morning, are you connected? Are you aligned? Are you walking with him? Are you walking in the newness of life? 
Praise God. Hallelujah. God wants us to experience that newness of life in our life. Amen. Marvel not. I say unto you, you must be born again. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank God for the natural birth, the physical birth. Thank God for our parents. But God, your Father, wants you to experience the spiritual birth, being born into the kingdom of God, making us recipients of life eternal, making us recipients of life abundance, making us citizens of the kingdom of God. Praise God. This morning, my friend, you might have heard the gospel many times, but let me ask you, have you responded to the word of God? Praise God. Hallelujah. Has the word of God changed you, transformed you? Do you feel, have you experienced the impact of being born again? Praise God. Without a shadow of doubt, are you sure that you are in the kingdom of God? Without a shadow of doubt, do you have the assurance that you are a child of God? Praise God. Hallelujah. Being religious will not cut it. Being smart will not cut it. Being an intellectual will not cut it. Jesus says, you must be born again. Jesus loves you. Jesus came and he gave his life for the sinners. Those who trust him. Those who believe in the words, in the works, and in the ways of Jesus. Those who receive the word of God and allow the spirit of God to work in them. Those who put their trust in Jesus. Praise God. Those who confess their sin and confess Jesus as Lord. You can be born into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. My friend, praise God. Without a shadow of doubt, are you sure that you are born into the kingdom of God? Do you see the visible impact, effect of you being in the kingdom of God? Has it changed you from being a professing Christian to a practicing Christian. If you're not sure this morning, I want to tell you that what is at stake here is eternity. Life everlasting. Life abundance. Life of peace, joy, and hope through Jesus Christ. If you're not sure this morning, you want to say, I want to give my heart to Jesus.
Pastor, would you pray for me? If you are that person, slip your hands up as everyone is praying. To my right, if you are that person who say, I come and I give my heart to Jesus. I want to be born again. All eyes close to my right. Praise God. To my left, is there anybody in the house that will say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I claim to be a Christian, but I don't see a change in my life. I want a change and a transformation in my life. My Father, we thank you, we praise you. We thank you for God's people. We pray the change that you desire from us, not simply an intellectual ascent, but a transforming experience will be experienced in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless.